0: When all the dead in Christ shall rise, I'll have a new body, praise the Lord, I'll have a new life soul in weakness, raised in power, ready to live in paradise. I'll have a new body, praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. I'll have a new home, glory, glory with the redeemed. Sorrow, no, no more pain, to be no more strife, more strife. no more strife Yes, raising the likeness In of my likeness son, ready to live. I'll be glad, I'll have a new body Praise, Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life Eternal life. Free From every imperfection, youthful and happy I shall be I'll have a new body Praise, Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life Lost in victory I'll have
1: a new body Praise the Lord I'll have a new life
0: yes I'll have a new home Glory, glory With the redeemed Never stand There'll be no more sorrow No more pain There'll be no more strife Yes, raising the likeness In this likeness ready to live I'll be glad have a new body Praise the Lord I'll have a new Life eternal one, a hallelujah morning When the last trump of God shall sound I'll have a new body, praise, praise the Lord I'll have a new life, life. eternal praise, All bursting saints are shouting Heavenly beauty all around I'll have a new body, praise, praise the Lord I'll have a new life, life. I'll have a new home, glory, oh, we'll glory, oh, with a reading, no understand the There'll be no more
1: sorrow, no, no more, more pain, pain.
0: There'll, there'll be no more strife. strife. Yes, raising the likeness of its likeness, sight. ready to live, I'll, I'll be, be glad. glad. I'll have a new body, praise, praise the Lord, I'll have, have a new, new life. life, each.
1: Good morning, good evening. Wherever you may be, welcome to the Passion for Christ show. So glad to have you, friend. Hey, I'm your host, Bruce Kessler, and I just want to let you know I'm part of the greatest movement ever, a follower of Jesus Christ. Because you see, in Him and Him alone, I find peace, joy, forgiveness, happiness, blessed beyond measure, more than I could ever deserve. My goal here is very simple, friend, that is to encourage you along the way to help you find your passion and life in Jesus Christ. Upcoming in our study segment, we're going to be talking about the poor you have always. That's right, the poor you have always. But before we get to that study, a few things along the way. And the first is headline news. friend, get this. You won't believe it. A majority of Christian pastors in the United States do not hold to a biblical worldview, according to a surprising new research from poster George Warner. That's right, friend. Can you believe that? The research was released Thursday by the Cultural Research Center, showing that only thirty seven per cent of pastors in u s hold a biblical world view. The report is to being described as and the statistics of that report and survey are labeled as shocking. This is another strong piece of evidence that the culture is influencing the American church more than Christian churches are influencing The culture said. There was the survey that was based on 54 questions in eight different categories, such as purpose and calling of life, family and value of life, personal faith practices, human character and human nature, and lifestyle, personal behavior and relationships, God, creation and history. Man, can you believe that, folks? Can you believe it? Despite the gloomy data, Varna offered a glimmer of hope by noting that you cannot fix something unless you know it's broken. God is in the transformation business and pastors who are willing to allow him to transform their thinking and behavior can emerge from that process as a powerful example of what can happen in one's heart, mind, and soul. Get that though, friend. Get that. Shh. Only 37% of U.S. pastors hold a biblical worldview. And these people are in their pulpits teaching. <laughs> my, oh my, folks. We've got a lot of work to do. And you know, this worldview, biblical worldview they're talking about begins at an early age, right? Train up a child in the way should go and never depart from it. Just keep that in mind, friend. But here's a... a Positive news. An evangelical Christian ministry centered on training church leaders and witnessing to communities worldwide will be helping to distribute thousands of Bibles and discipleship literature to immigrants in the Dallas Fort Worth, Texas area. The Bible League International, a nonprofit ministry based in Crete, Illinois, announced plans to reach out to migrant communities. and and others in in the major city, Texas City, as part of the International Day of the Bible Observance, which that falls on November the 21st. Our mission is to engage them with the Bible and use the local churches, and we train the local churches, and we equip them, and we provide them with the materials they need to reach them, said Harold Trujillo. There you go, folks. Ministry to give thousands of Bibles, discipleship materials to immigrant communities in Texas. Good work, folks. Good work. They need to know and hear from God's powerful and amazing word. Amen, folks. Well, get this. This is stunning survey as well. Nearly 40% of Generation Z believed Jesus was a human and sinned like other people when he lived on Earth. The American Bible Society reveals in State of the Bible 2022. The perception among Generation Z, polling at 38%, was comparable to other age groups, including Generation X, 37 percent. Millennials, Boomers, 35 percent. Only the elderly polled significantly lower in believing Jesus sinned at only 26 percent. The numbers based on age groups do not address whether those polled identify as Christian or non-Christian. But among the Christian engaged of all ages, only 18 percent believes believes that Jesus was a sinner. Mm. Now, I get the first one, that Jesus was a human. I think we all know that Jesus came into this world fully human. And this is hard for us to grasp. Fully human, but also fully divine. Mm. Makes you shake your head in wonderment. But that he sinned. Now that's a different thing entirely, don't you agree? It's crucial for churches, ministries, and practicing Christians to understand the questions that non-practicing Christians have and help them find answers. And we need to invite them into life-giving relationships centered on biblical faith and vibrant Christian community. Get that, friend. Get that. Forty mm. percent of Generation Z believe Jesus sinned. Mmm. Mm -mm -mm. And that's our headline news for this broadcast. Uh, and, And now, folks, we have this day in church history. This day in church history. In 609 A.D., Pope Boniface IV dedicates the Pantheon as a Catholic church and introduces the festival of all saints. The bones of martyrs from various Roman cemeteries are brought in a solemn procession of 28 carriages to the new church. In 1248... Sentence is pronounced against the Talmud in Paris. Following this decision, 14 cartloads of books will be burned, followed by another six. The Inquisition had taken note of blasphemies of Christ in Jewish writings. The Talmud, if you remember, was a Jewish record of rabbinical um, debates in the 2nd and 5th century relating to the Torah. The Inquisition had taken note of the blasphemies of Christ in Jewish writings, prompting the Pope in 1239 to order the rulers of several European nations to seize Jewish books. 1828, Evangelist David Marks asked his audience what they want him to preach on. Now imagine that, folks, (laughs) standing up in the pulpit asking the congregation what you want what they want you to speak on well in this case someone shouts nothing and so mark preaches on nothing to an ancaster ontario crowd showing them that they would be nothing and have nothing without jesus christ amen folks <laughs> amazing folks amazing 1917 three children claimed to have seen the Virgin Mary in the town of Fatima in Portugal and that's this day in church history and now folks we have a little bit of fun with name that Bible character All right, here is your clue. Here is your clue. This image's head was made of me. What metal am I? This is found in Daniel. So that's that's your clue. It's found in the book of Daniel. This image's head was made of me. What metal am I? Here you go, folks. Interesting. Indeed, what metal am I? In the image's head. We'll reveal the final answer to this tantalizing clue following our study segment so stay tuned folks for that exciting reveal and a final segment of Name That Bible Character Welcome to our study segment of show for this broadcast. Get your Bible, get you a hot cup of coffee, a hot cup of tea, and let's open up and study God's fantastic and powerful word. The title of our study for this morning is The Poor You Have Always. Let me tell you an experience I had recently here at the uh, church building. I felt a little disgust, a sickening feeling of revulsion, thinking that yet again I have been scammed. At that same moment an overwhelming sense of hopefulness hit me. That the gift that I was offering might in some small or huge way lead to change and recovery. You see friend, these were the Myriad of thoughts racing through my mind as I dealt with a homeless man who was jacked up with who knows what kind of horrific drugs. How often have we seen people standing on the street corners holding signs, calling attention to their plight, begging for monetary help? Suppose that guy knocks on your door one late evening. What would you do? What gift do you have for such a moment? Do you just simply send him away? Do you call 911? Do you hug that Ruger just a little bit more tightly? See, the question is flowing through my mind is, how far have we grown weary and dismissive of these destitute, the homeless, the the beggars that live, quite frankly, very close to us? Have we pronounced judgment, sentencing them as undeserving of our attention and help? Now, here's the truth of the matter. The poor won't go away. You see, in Matthew chapter 26, a woman used a very expensive fragrant oil to anoint Jesus. And she was promptly criticized. You could have given it to the poor, they said. Jesus knew the hearts of some there who said that very hypocritically. And Jesus responded by saying very simply in verse 11 of Matthew 26, The poor you will have always have with you, but you will not always have me. The point Jesus was making wasn't to have a cute phrase that could be used in some debate for political purposes. Or he wasn't making that statement to diminish the cause and serious nature of the poor and their plight, but to shine light on two things. One, that he was about to die on the cross and he was going to be resurrected. And she essentially, by anointing him with his fragrant oil, was preparing him for that moment. And secondly, that we would always have ample opportunity to do good for the poor. And my friend, that we should. So, who are the poor? Went to Google, of course. Went to U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and also Wikipedia. For the poor, it says, the people and families are considered poor when they lack the economic resources necessary to experience a minimal living standard. Well, what is that standard? Well, for a single person, any, anybody making 12000 Around $13,000 or below are considered poor. And a family that's making $21,000 and below are considered poor. So, what causes homelessness? What causes poverty? Well, Homelessness is caused, they say, by a myriad of things, and that is the availability and affordability of housing. Other factors are mental illness, lack of needed services, substance abuse, lack of needed services, and low-paying jobs. So unemployment, domestic violence, and poverty, all these things help increase the possibility of homelessness. Folks, in 2020, there were over 38 million people in America alone who were considered poor in the United States. Mm. That is who we're talking about. Here in America. Proverbs chapter 31 verse 8 says this simply. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. For the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. We're called to as Christians. The body of Christ. To defend the rights of the poor and needy. The church, you see, my friend, is to carry this banner of justice and love. Where else are they going to get it? Leviticus chapter 19, verse 13 and through 18, had this to say about the subject and what God's vision was for his people. Do not defraud or rob your neighbor. Do not hold back the wages of a hired worker overnight. Do not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block in front of the blind, but fear your God. I am the Lord. Do not pervert justice. Do not show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the great, but judge your neighbor fairly. Do not go about spreading slander among your people. Do not do anything that endangers your neighbor's lie I am the Lord do not hate a fellow Israelite in your heart rebuke your neighbor frankly so you will not share in their guilt do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people but love your neighbor as yourself I am the Lord again that was in Leviticus 19 13 directing that was God's expectation of his people then do you not agree, friend, that that is what God's expectation is for us today? That we're to love our neighbor as ourself. Galatians 5 verse 14 puts it like this. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. We're the ones in the community. We're the ones that are supposed to help. We're the ones who are supposed to give them justice and judge fairly and speak up for the cause and rights of those who are destitute. God expects that. Why? Because He sent His Son, Jesus, to live in poverty so that we might become rich ourselves and show that kind of love and dynamic to those less fortunate than we are. Don't allow prejudice, selfishness to hinder you from taking the opportunity to help in some small way to help the poor and the needy. I know you're asking yourself, well, what can I do specifically? Well, when we have a food pantry, one of the things that we are practicing is to pray with the poor and homeless as they come. So you can pray with them. Many homeless shelters in your area are looking for volunteers. Go to your church leadership, ask them if you can create a food pantry. Ask them if you can help in the services if they already have one in that ministry. Look for opportunity and take initiative. Yes, you got to. Be fair. you got to judge the situation appropriately. But we can do so much more to help. Proverbs 19 verse 17 says this. Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord. And he will reward them for what they have done. What a powerful promise by our Father in heaven. If we are just kind and act in some small way to those who are destitute, homeless, and poor, God promises some type of reward. What an amazing promise. The poor you have always, Jesus said, we have ample opportunity to do good. Are you doing that friend? This is all about loving our neighbor. It's all about how much Jesus loved us when we didn't deserve it. When we were destitute and in poverty, spiritual poverty ourselves. So friend, let's be reminded of the power and love that we've experienced when we turn to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's our study, folks, for this broadcast. Amen. Amen, folks. The poor we have always, we have ample opportunity. Let's do something. Let's act in the name of Jesus Christ. Love our neighbor as ourselves. Amen, folks. Can I get an amen? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And now, folks, we have the conclusion to Name That Bible Character. Here was your clue. This is in the book of Daniel. This image's head was made of me. What metal am I? Well, it was gold. Daniel two thirty one thirty two. 32. Thou king saw us, and behold, a great image, this great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. This image's head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. Amen, folks. This image's head was made of me in the book of Daniel. What metal am I? Go and name that Bible character. Well, folks, you too can become a part of the greatest movement ever, follower of Jesus Christ by submitting your heart, life, mind, soul, and body to Jesus Christ, submitting your will to His and through baptism and your faith. You'll be forgiven. You'll be blessed beyond measure, more than you could ever deserve. My goal here was very simple, friend. It was to encourage you along the way and help you find your passion and life in Jesus Christ. Visit our website here at our congregation in Norman, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com. Well, friend, I just want to tell you this. What a privilege and an honor it's been for me to have you walking along my side during this show. May God bless you
0: Everybody ready So Don't you want to, to that that you wanna wanna go, go Go to that land Don't you want to go Go to that land Don't you want to go To that land where I'm bound No where I'm bound, I'm bound. Nothing, nothing but do. love Love in that land Nothing but love in that love, that land. Land. Nothing nothing but love in that land, land but love, love in that land where I'm bound, where I'm bound, nothing but joy, joy in that land, nothing but joy, joy in that land, nothing, nothing but joy in, joy in that in land where, I'm, about, I'm, where I'm bound. Where I'm bound Nothing, nothing but, do but peace, do. peace peace in do, that God, land, nothing but peace in that land, and nothing but peace in that land where I'm bound, where I'm bound. I've a gotta say in that land, I've got a gotta say, Savior in that land, I've a god savior in that land where I'm bound, where I'm bound, don't you wanna go <children> go to that land? Don't you wanna go to that land? Don't you wanna go go to that land where I'm bound? Where I'm bound
1: died to set us free. He became sin for you and me. He paid the cost on Calvary, the Lamb of God, to take away sin.